He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. They bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- tr- <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to The Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith, Intercom Studios, Miracle Mile. Happy to be recording live on a Tuesday. I know you're going to hear this on Wednesday, but we are recording live on Tuesday. Happy to be in studio. Excited about today's show. We're going to be talking a little sleeper of the week from the L.A. City section. We're going to be reviewing the semifinal games from the city section, the southern section, and all things in between. Looking forward to that. And then we got some hot takes. Pretty quick show today. Looking forward to Friday's matchup show. You know, we got some big championship games here in the L.A. section and the southern section. And uh, be looking to tap in with you on Friday for the matchup show as we'll be breaking down all the top games and all the championship games. That'd be a lot of fun. But before we get to any of that, we have to remind you about our Sleeper of the Week. For our sit and sleep sleeper of the week, really want to thank our guy Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So, thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, our sleeper of the week this week comes from the L.A. City section, not just the L.A. City section, but a story program with a long time and tenured coach, Coach Robert Garrett there at Crenshaw High School. And Crenshaw, even though they took an L, and we'll talk a little bit about this later on in the show, they took an L to Banning last week. Their season ended. They got a sleeper who not only do I have a lot of admiration for his game, but I've got some prior history, and I'll talk to you a little bit about it. But I'm talking about none other than senior cornerback, running back, athlete, Trayvon Thomas over at Crenshaw High School, number three, dynamic two-way player, a lot of speed, a lot of quickness, the ability to separate from defenders um, with the football in his hands at the second and third level, has terrific ball skills as a cornerback, highly competitive, very, very... Uh, intense. It seems like he really loves the game. But here's how I go far, how I go back with young Trayvon Thomas. I played with his dad, um, Trayvon Thomas, I guess you would call him senior, in Pop Warner. We played in Pop Warner, and he was probably the best Pop Warner player that I ever played with. Trayvon was a special talent, and his son is built just like him, plays very similar to him. And uh, very dynamic, just like his dad was. But Trayvon Sr., um, great guy. And uh, I enjoyed growing up with him, playing with him at the Carson Colts. His son, very good football player over there at Crenshaw. And uh, he's a senior. He's looking for some opportunities, I'm sure. Trayvon Thomas, senior 
athlete, running back, cornerback, 5'10", 160, 4'4", flat speed, great athlete. And I think college coaches are going to get a surprise once they go check him out. So college coaches, I know you're listening. Trayvon Thomas, Crenshaw High School, senior, 5'10", 160, athlete. Go check him out. I'm sure you're going to like what you're going to see. Time to move along. Um, time to recap some games from this past week. Recap a little bit of the games from this past week, which, you know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, it's the semifinals, man. In the semifinals, games should most likely be close, right? That's what you're thinking. Games are going to be close. Um, equally matched teams, you know, for the most part. But that didn't always stand up, and that's okay. Going to go over the LA City section, Open Division, and Division One. Also talk some Southern section of the top games and top teams. So here we go. Birmingham, who I picked to win the city championship this year. Not, you know, of course, that was after Narbonne was ruled out of the playoffs. But Birmingham gets an upset victory, which I did pick this past week. Birmingham over San Pedro, 28-25. Great job by the Patriots. I think they're a team of destiny in the city. Um, And I know that, you know, they got a tough game because Banning beat Crenshaw 35-21. So it's Banning and Birmingham in the championship. But I got a feeling Birmingham gets it done. I'm just telling you. I like this Birmingham team. They got a lot of really good young talent. You know, Mason White, Arliss Boardingham. They got some players up over there. They got talent. And I think they get the job done, possibly, against Benning. We'll talk about that more on the matchup show on Friday. But Birmingham getting it done in an upset victory over San Pedro at 28-25. Again, Banning 35-21 over Crenshaw. So the city section open division championship game is set. Birmingham versus Banning should be a good one. Let's move on to the Division 1 um, city section, El Camino Real 37, Eagle Rock 28, big win for ECR. And then Reseda 42, Venice 41. A little bit of a shocking upset for me. I thought Venice would win that game. Reseda pulls it out with a one point victory. Congratulations to Reseda. So Reseda, El Camino Real in the Division One Championship game in the city section, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, moving along, we're talking Division One CIF. Southern section, and you got the modern day monarchs who were up 49 to 7 at one point. Bryce Young throws for 700, <laughs> 7,000 yards in one game. No, uh, Bryce Young, seven touchdowns, over 500 yards passing. How about Cody Epps, five touchdowns catching, and modern day blows up Mission Viejo 49 24. You know, I said this on the matchup show. Mitch Viejo's defense line was good, but that modern-day offensive line is exceptional. They gave up zero sacks, and they just lit Mission Viejo up. And uh, good season for the Diablos, but modern-day is on a whole different frequency. Moving along, St. John Bosco, 52-14 over Corona Centennial. A blowout of epic proportions. Bosco takes Corona Centennial behind the woodshed and slaps them around like a stepchild. DJ, you know, four, I think he had four total touchdowns, five total touchdowns maybe. Um, they ran the ball at will. Sand Beast, Speedy. Corona Centennial couldn't really muster much on offense. Thought Carter Freeland looked pretty good. Toting the pill and throwing it around, but they played three quarterbacks and uh, they just couldn't get anything going. I think the Centennial offense versus these elite teams is really struggling. I think they kind of I don't know what they should do. But against this these elite teams, they just they can't move the ball. Against Modern Day they couldn't do anything. Against Bosco they couldn't do anything. 
but against everybody else, they blow them out. So, you know, maybe they need a tweak or two versus the elite teams. I don't think you can just stick to what you're doing because it's not successful against those guys. But, uh, you know, good season for Corona Centennial. I mean, you know, hey, they played hard. They played as well as they could. Just Bosco is just too powerful for them, too powerful up front. Corey Foreman, though, had a great game. I thought, you know, he'd been nicked up all year, but I thought he showed himself four TFLs, two sacks. He's got elite quickness off the edge. I love that kid. No question about it. Division two, Sierra Kenya. Sierra Canyon, 24, Rancho Cucamonga, 13. Sierra Canyon's defense, how about that? They hold C.J. Stroud in the Rancho Cucamonga squad to 13 points. Sierra Canyon, led by Chayden Barry, the quarterback, gets the job done. They move on to the championship in Division Two. Of course, Chaminade did not play. They had a bye. Uh, so, Chaminade, Jalen Henderson, the quarterback, junior quarterback, they're in the championship game for Sierra Canyon. Going to be a tough matchup for Chaminade. But we'll see. Ed Croson is known for a guy to have a lot of tricks up his sleeve, getting his team prepared to play in a big game. So we'll see how that shakes out. But Chaminade, Sierra Canyon in the Division II finals. What about let's go to Division Three? Corona Del Mar, CDM. They blow out Alamany, 48-21. Ethan Garbers. He's been, yeah, he should be in running for state player of the year. I can tell you that. He's had a tremendous year, and uh, they blow out Alamany 48-21. Grace Brethren, 49. La Habra, 45. A great game. Came down to, I guess it was the last play, Mike Zielli, the quarterback for Grace Brethren, scrambles around the right end, dives into the end zone with seconds remaining, and Grace Brethren steals one from La Habra, who was up and getting ready to celebrate for championship glory. But they get denied by Grace Brethren. And Grace, back in the championship game in the southern section. Congratulations to them. Division 4, San Juan Hills 29, Paramount 28. My, wow, San Juan Hills, a one-point overtime victory versus Paramount. Heartbreaking for the Pirates. But they go home. And then the other Division 4 game, Loyola 31, Camarillo 14, Loyola playing great defense. Sierra Wright, the all-world cornerback, two interceptions in a forced fumble. Loyola, San Juan Hills, that'll be a good Division 4 matchup. Division 5, St. Paul 14, high-powered, explosive, Culver City 10. St. Paul goes in there and shuts Culver City down. Defense wins championships, ladies and gentlemen. And then the other Division 5 matchup, Aquinas 24, Glendora 21. Division 6, Oxnard Pacifica 37, Crespi 10, Lucerna 14, San Jacinto 7. Division 7, Cypress 26, Serrano 21, Temecula Valley 31, West Ranch 28. Division 8, Sunny Hills 31, Tribuco Hills 27, Santa Barbara 37, Palmdale 15, Division 9, North Torrance 14, San Dimas 0, Highland 58, Newport Harbor 17, Division 10, Crescenta Valley 28, Catella 10, Simi Valley 30, Orange 14. I thought Orange would win that game, but Simi Valley gets the job done. Division 11, Muir 34, Linfield Christian 29, Marina 27, Hemet 7. Congratulations to my college roommate, Zaire Calvin, head coach of Muir, headed to the Division 11 championship game. Division 12, El Monte 22, Jerupa Hills 15, Adelanto 41, Orange Vista 0, but Adelanto. They forfeit the game up 41 to nothing because they got into 
a big fight with Orange Vista. Disappointed for my guy, Coach Wadu, but got to know how to handle success. You have to know how to conduct yourself in those types of environments. You got to hold your water. Feel bad for the Adelanto kids, but, you know, hey, you do the crime, you got to do the time. And they are out of the championship game. So El Monte awarded the CIF championship in Division 12. I know Adelanto will be back next year. Division 13, Ramona 28, Alhambra 24, Esperanza 42, Inglewood 41. A little bit of a shocker there. Esperanza was not favored in the game. They were the underdog. Inglewood loses on a two-point conversion where replay shows a fumble was forced before the ball ever crossed the goal line. But the referees, after discussion, award Esperanza the two-point conversion, and they shock Inglewood 42-41 in the signal season is capiche. Moving, around, moving along to Division 14, St. Pius Matthias. St. Pius X, 34. Vista Del Lago, 31. Great game. South Torrance, 30. Laurara, 7. Congratulations to Pius, man. I mean, they just started their program back a couple of years ago. And they are in the championship game at Division 14. They're playing against South Torrance. That'll be a tough matchup for St. Pius. But congratulations to the Pius X kids and the coaches. We'll see how they, you know, proceed in the championship game versus South Torrance. That'll be interesting. Very, very interesting. South Torrance, pretty good team. I remember they did a, a nice job versus Inglewood earlier this year. So we'll see. It'll be a good matchup. So um, those are all the CIF semifinalists and everybody who's headed to the final. So, you know, that's just what it is, man. Wow. A lot of interesting calls. And, you know, Adelanto, feel, feel bad for them. They could not... Uh, contained themselves and got into a scuffle. What about Inglewood? Feel bad for those kids and coaches. They kind of get gypped at, on a two-point conversion. What about Paramount? I heard something went awry there. There was some type of issue that didn't seem to be fair. They go home in overtime. But congratulations to Muir. Again, you know my, my college roommate, Coach Zaire Calvin. Congratulations to Pius. My good friend, Divide Thomas. Um, and, you know, hey, Division One, we're back to Bosco and Modern Day. Who would have thought it, right? Who would have thought it would be Bosco and Modern Day again? But it is. So um, that's just what it is, and that's how we're moving. All right, it's time for some hot takes here on the Transparent Truth. And, you know, first thing I want to talk about is the state of football here in Los Angeles at the college level. Um, got a chance to watch UCLA USC this past weekend. Quite frankly, it was probably the most boring first half I had seen in a long time in the in a rivalry game. Right, it's a rivalry game. It's supposed to have a lot of energy, a lot of fanfare, um, just a lot of intensity. I just didn't see it. It just seemed like a regular old game to me, and um, I wasn't very excited watching it at all. You know, matter of fact, I felt, I found myself turning the channel a couple times and talking to my kids and hanging out with my wife. It just wasn't a great game. The game picked up, I thought, in the second half. Um, UCLA got the offense going during Thompson Robinson. Uh, but UCLA's defense is terrible. Okay, they're, ter- they're putrid. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. They stink to high heaven. And quarterback Keaton Slovis, true freshman, throws for over 500 yards. And Michael Pittman goes off. 
And uh, UCLA, you, they just can't stop anybody. I mean, the defense is so bad. USC, defense is not as bad. Offense is pretty good. Like I said, Slovis went off. They had three receivers, I think, over, over 100 yards. But just the state of football here in Los Angeles, as I've ventured out this year to go see other college teams and other college programs and other college cities, and where is the energy level at? Where is the intensity at? Where's the pageantry at? I just don't see it. And I wish it was different, but it's not. Um, the state of football in Los Angeles at the college level is sad right now. UCLA, they got to revamp their entire defense. They need a whole new defensive scheme, players, probably coaches. Offensively, I think they have something going, but they need to continue to add to that offensive room with, uh, you know, offensive line help. Um, I think they can be better at the running back position, at the receiver position. And Dorian Thompson Robinson needs to take a step forward next year uh, with his play. Got to stop turning the ball over so much. And he's got to be more efficient with the football and be able to get through his progressions um, quickly and make accurate throws. Okay? So that's my take. The the state of football in L.A. is sad. Just the inconsistency, the ineptness, the instability or instability of, of job security, everything is just all over the place, and I'm not enjoying it at all. All right, so that's my take on that. Let's move along. So my next hot take is uh, Justin Herbert. He was considered maybe the number one overall pick. And if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I am not a Justin Herbert guy. I've been saying all along he is not the guy. Well, he got a chance to prove me wrong on Saturday night versus Arizona State, and he didn't. He showed he wasn't the guy again. Throwing the ball to the other team, very, very inaccurate. And listen, if the if the game of football is going to turn into a bunch of jailbreak screens and hitch screens and bubble screens, fine. Justin Herbert is number one overall. But that is not the game of football that I know and that I've come to love and that I respect. It's just not played that way. And... For this guy to be considered number one overall lets me know that you evaluators out there, you don't know what you're talking about, you don't know what you're looking at, and you need to be ashamed of yourself. You need to turn in your evaluator badge or hand it over to me at every level because I told you he wasn't the guy, I knew he wasn't the guy, and you guys dropped the ball. Okay, You wanted to crown him, and you crowned his ass. But guess what? I clowned his ass and I told you he wasn't it and next thing you know he falls flat on his face national TV okay don't tell me about no Justin Herbert he's not the guy but I'm more and it's not a shot at him big time it's a shot at all those uh, experts and evaluators at my level and the next level beyond you guys need to check yourself because you just wrecked yourself calling Justin Herbert the number one overall pick please He's average at best. You take your number one overall in the first round, you'll be out of a job. And that's my take on that. Let's move along. The San Francisco defense, man. Wow. The San Francisco defense is awesome. Their front four, front five is awesome. This kid Jones in the middle of the defense is an absolute terror. Built out of the Aaron Donald mold, he looked unblockable Sunday night. 
He was in the backfield all day, and he was making plays on the line of scrimmage all night. Great football player. How about Eric Armstead, Sacramento, 916, balled out. I mean, they've got four or five first-round picks on the front line. We know about Nick Bosa. He's off the chain. Um, man, I did, but his thing, Fred Warner. How good is Fred Warner? He, he fits the run. He chases down quarterbacks. He guards running backs out the backfield. He's up tight ends, up the seam, and on the corner flag route. Fred Warner is a Pro Bowl player. And then Richard Sherman, he looks like he's rewound the clock back eight years. He looks great out there. He's getting off blocks. He's making tackles. He's in the hip pocket. He's getting his hands on balls, and he's leading. He's making the people around him better with his commitment to excellence, with his infectious energy, with his game speed and intensity in practice. Really love what Richard Sherman's doing. I love the defensive coordinator. Man, he just exudes, you know, aggressiveness and confidence. And the, the 49ers defense is Super Bowl-esque. I'm telling you that right now. So um, really love what they're doing defensively. And which, you know, my take on that is they're the best defense in the NFL. I know the Patriots stat-wise are better. But I'm telling you, I've seen both defenses, and the 49ers defense is better and will carry them further. Let's move along. You know, the Ravens offense is really, really good. And the Ravens and the Niners, they're going to match up this week on Sunday, and it's going to be the immovable object versus the irresistible force. Two very talented very aggressive, well-coached units going head-to-head. The Ravens' offense is old school by attitude and by scheme. Blocking scheme is what I mean up front, but it's new school just in terms of the dynamic way that they approach it. Out of the pistol, running the read, um running the pistol quarterback keeper. Rewind back to when Colin Kaepernick was at the 49ers. They went to the Super Bowl. Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator. He is now the offensive coordinator at Baltimore, and it looks the same exact way. What you have is these old-school NFL defensive coordinators going against this new-school offense, and they don't have a clue. Wade Phillips has been coaching ball for 50 freaking years. He did not have a clue. What to do against this Baltimore offense? Not a speck. He looked so outmatched, so over his head, it was embarrassing. Greg Roman has put together this offense from scratch. Not really from scratch. Shout out to Coach Chris Ault, former Nevada head coach who created this offense. But Greg Roman put together this offense, and these pro coordinators and coaches cannot coach themselves out of a phone booth against it. The Ravens got 7 to 12 yards almost every play, it seemed like. And they have a schematic advantage over these old school and retread coaches and their schemes defensively that they're just total, taking total advantage of NFL defense. They're taking, they have a schematic advantage, and now they have a talent advantage at the quarterback position, and I think also at running back, to where we're going to double-team and kick out, or we're going to double team and read, and we're off to the races. 
it was sickening to watch. It was sickening if you're a Rams fan. Let me say that. It was sickening if you're a Rams fan, but it was fun as all heck if you're a Ravens fan. The way they just absolutely took apart that Rams defense and neutralized the Rams superstar players who were getting all the money. <laughs> Listen, man, here's my take on that. Greg Roman, you're a difference maker as offensive coordinator. I think you're going to be a head coach soon. Football is to be played one way and one way only, and that's blocking and tackling. Don't tell me about how many receivers you got. Don't tell me about how many pretty defensive backs you got. That's not how the game of football is to be won. The game of football is to be won up front in the trenches. Aaron Donald found that out last night the hard way. They double teamed his ass, and they kicked his crap. They kicked the crap out of him the whole game. And Baltimore versus San Francisco is going to be a great battle. And I can't wait to see it go down next Sunday. And, you know, that's all I got on that. Anyways, thank you so much for joining me here on The Transparent Truth. Please tap in Friday for the Championship Week matchup show. City section, Southern section. It's all going down. I appreciate you. Tap back in Friday, matchup show, Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name is Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.